God, I don't know what point I'm making there. I'm going to start getting all <laughs> Jesus Christ, this is poor. And welcome to episode 7 of Playing Catch-Up. Uh, I'm Tom Bailey and I'm joined once again by Chris Davies. If you're new to the podcast, it's a kind of gaming backlog type show where the two of us play a game apiece of, uh, from our respective mountains of unplayed titles. Uh, we talk about them for a bit and then select another one for us to, to play in time for the next episode. And, and that's about it. Uh, let's get straight on with it. Um, last time out, Chris, I picked Thomas Was Alone for you to play. And uh, as we discussed at the time, it's perhaps not normally the type of game, is it fair to say, that would be top of your kind of to playlist yeah definitely um thinking back to when i was last on if you can remember actually that far back (laughs) um i think i said i only normally play games that either involve you killing people or involve you driving cars Hmm. um so first i'm a bit worried that i'm going to come across as an idiot and everything that's wrong (laughs) about gaming because i i didn't like thomas was alone all that much no I, i feel bad about saying it um, you know, because it's an indie darling, it's yes. obviously had a lot of work and effort put into it, like most games, I guess. But um, particularly in this one, because it's just the one guy doing it, mm. um, apart from the music. But yeah, yeah. Um, I, I feel terrible about it. It's all right. What 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 was it that didn't? Well, I suppose it's impossible to say what didn't grab you. What you know? What what didn't you like about it? Well, again, I rather dismissively described it as just like a being a load of dots jumping around. Yeah. Um, and what's interesting about it is it, it tries to sort of put context on that. So each one of the dots, stroke, line, stroke, geometric shapes has a personality and kind of a, a through line of a story. Yeah. And kind of the game as a whole kind of uses context to kind of say that rather than just being totally abstract, these are kind of AIs in some kind of computer setting. Yes. Sort of gradually learning about their environment and escaping. And while I kind of appreciated all of that, I, I just I was never grabbed by the personalities of the of, of the dots. They just <laughs> yeah. remain dots throughout. Okay. Um, I think the th- there was just this disconnect between what I'm doing on the screen and the kind of story on top of it mm. and I don't think I ever linked up the two which is sad and a bit embarrassing I don't know I don't think you need to feel like that at all I mean you know opinions can't possibly be wrong can they so um... I think in this one my opinion is wrong <laughs> I'm prepared to go with the majority <laughs> Well, I mean, just to counterbalance that, I really enjoy, enjoyed the game. Like, uh, like as you say, a lot of people do seem to have done. Um, it's had a really long shelf life. It's it's just been released on the kind of, uh, I suppose you'd say, current gen consoles now. Uh, the last couple of months, um, but originally came back came out. Well, I think it was a, a browser based game to start with a few years ago, and then kind of got developed for PC. And as you say, it's kind of a bit of an indie darling, and and uh, was nominated for BAFTAs and, and all, all sorts. I think. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I, I take your point about the the kind of storyline that they they kind kind of try to attribute there. It didn't grab me massively, but uh, I, I think I just enjoyed the platforming itself. I mean, did you do you not enjoy the core mechanics of the game, or too simplistic, or? Well, it, it, it kind of reminded me of really really old DOS games where yeah. 
from kind of the the mid eighties where they used kind of the ASCII character set yeah. in, instead of actual graphics. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, the weird thing is, that I think it should have grabbed me more because it reminded the way it worked and it reminded me of stuff like Sensible Soccer, mm. where you've got like three frames of animation for a character that's eight pixels tall. Or however many pixels, I haven't counted. Um, But it it put a hell of a lot of character on it. You know, you could see in your head the character, you know, catching the ball in his chest, which is probably has a technical name in football that I'm not aware of. of, uh, Trapping. Oh, okay, trapping, yes. Catching (laughs) it on his knee. Um, (laughs) Let's not go into the technical details on all of these moves, because it might make it too long, but yeah. And then um, applying, you know, pressure with his foot onto the football (laughs) and propelling it. Up the field, which again yeah. has a technical term. Don't, don't. I, I won't. Don't, don't worry. Okay. Perhaps afterwards. Yeah, but um, in, in Thomas's alone, because there's these, they're basically pixels sliding around, or not pixels, dots. Um, I would have thought I, my imagination would have filled in the gaps and given them a bit of character in terms of sort of jumping around and climbing on top of things. But mm. I, again, I think my mind's been rotted by years of playing. You know. Triple A games. I just Possibly. I can't imagine things that aren't in front of me. Did the so, uh, did the dulcet tones of uh, of Danny Wallace not help in that respect? Well, that was a nice link to Triple A gaming because I, I I could kind of pretend that I was playing a some kind of Assassin's Creed tie-in yeah. uh, rip-off uh, iOS game <laughs> that for, you know that you're forced to play in order to unlock something arbitrary in the main game. But um, no, no, okay. So I thought he was quite good. I found him in- intensely annoying in the Assassin's Creed games, but I thought he was alright in this. You see, I'm not the... I was going to say I'm the opposite. I'm not the opposite in that I really like him in the Assassin's Creed games. Okay. Um, for some reason, even though objectively he should be very annoying. Yeah. Uh, in this, I, I didn't mind him. Um, I think it's just... My problem wasn't with the story so much, it's just the connecting between what I was doing on screen. Mm. It, it didn't sort of come alive for me in that way. But I think returning to the mechanics, I mean, the actual jumping around was okay. I think my problem with the actual design was sort of my my yardstick for puzzle games is probably something like Portal 2. Okay, yeah. Just because it's so incredibly well designed mm. in that it's never frustrating. You're always nudged towards a particular solution to a problem. Um, and you're never stuck for so long that it becomes frustrating, at least for me, just because my least favourite thing in games is being stuck and being yeah. frustrated. Yeah. I was never really stuck in uh, Thomas Cruise alone, but I, the, the solutions to the puzzles didn't really feel designed. I felt like I was just kind of, not flailing through it, but just kind of progressing without much in the way of challenge. That's interesting because I, I'm trying to think of specifics, but I definitely felt at, at least a few occasions that that there were particularly well designed levels, and uh, and this is really bad of me. I can't pick out particular examples, so <laughs> so I'm obviously talking nonsense. But yeah, I'm really surprised to hear you say that. I must admit. Well, really um, there were some. Actually, no, I'm being unfair there because there were some levels I was really impressed by, and I had some very clever puzzles. There's one in particular where you get a kind of equivalent of Thomas the Red Square. Mm. who operates under reverse gravity. Yes. And you have to try and negotiate... Well, you have to try and get him... Through. Those two those two cubes 
to the exit, obviously, if you do on every level. <laughs> but the way the exit is kind of in the middle of the level. Yeah. And so the way you do that is to kind of bounce on top of... Again, this is almost impossible to describe without actually Having, showing yeah, you it on screen. Mm. But it was a very clever bit of puzzling that, you know, properly worked off the mechanics and yeah. forced you to think about it in a new way and come up with a new way of actually moving across the screen. And I thought there wasn't anywhere near enough of that. Okay, yeah. Well, I mean, I, yeah, I could, I could maybe see that. I, I, yeah, I think there definitely were moments like that for me that that, that stood out. And fact, I mean, I played it through on PC. What, what platform did you play it on out of interest? Uh, I played it through on Vita. So okay. maybe if I played it through on PS4 in kind of 1080p, <laughs> frames, that might have been you know, a bit more captivating. Yeah, it would have blown your eye sockets away. Yeah, Exactly. Um, I was, I was going to say, I, I played it on PC a while ago and enjoyed it then. And then uh, I played through it again just in t- anticipation of this uh, on PS4. I did have a bash on the Vita. And I, I did... I, did you have any problems... Um, Particularly with the oh, massive spoiler alert, but one of the one of the blocks later on can do a double jump, and yeah. uh, there's kind of a level where you have to jump from platforms. Basically, there are kind of crags that stick out. You have to jump out and then up and over again. And I found that incredibly fiddly on the Vita and had to give up um, and switched oh. over to the PS4 to do it. I don't know whether you had any similar problems. Did you Did you get through to the end of it? I did. I did finish it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's commitment. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kind of. Yeah plugging away well I think that if, I remember Amiga Power used to you, that jump where you jump and then curl round onto mm. the top of the ledge they used to call that curly muffins for some <laughs> weird reason bit of oh. a forgotten early 90s uh, video game magazine jargon. now I wish wish I'd had an Amiga more than ever now <laughs> it, was be, it was the best thing about having one yeah um, I can imagine curly muffins I like that yeah but um what were you talking about again? Sorry, I'm completely Top sidetracked. No, some kind of platform oh, game. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The v- the Vita stuff. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Playing it through on Vita, I didn't have any particular problems with it. Um, okay. That's probably just my kind of fat sponge fingers. Uh, <laughs> I had a problem, but yeah, I got through the same level without any problems on there on PS4 later. So. Uh, yeah. uh, okay. Uh, how about did, did you uh, have any particular thoughts about the music? The music was lovely. Yeah. Really enjoyed yeah. that. Uh, yeah, I'm glad we agree yeah. on something then. A complete unalloyed success, I thought that was. Yeah. yeah really beautiful, kind of Aphex Twin, kind of kind of walk record style bleeping in the background. That yeah. was lovely. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was excellent. There's a guy called, um, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, David Housden. I think he's uh, he's doing the score for, for Mike Bithell's next game as well, volume. Oh, yeah. I mean, that looks much more like a conventional game. Mm. So I'll be much more in my comfort, my comfort zone there. You know, they're supposed to be baddies and, you know, ways to die, and it, it's in 3D. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's not quite the frightening bleakness of uh, <laughs> Thomas Rith alone. Yeah. Oh, well. I, I, I do feel a bit like I've been dragged to an art gallery, kind of against my will. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm getting that kind of feeling of I want to like it, and I don't want to be seen to be not liking it, but I don't like it. I've, it's a bit like going to, when I went to Tate Modern to see, um, oh, who was it? I think it was Cezanne. Check you out. Yeah. Well, no, I didn't enjoy it, so it's not much of a, you know, a self-aggrandizing <laughs> anecdote. It was kind of all, all these cardboard, uh, coloured paper cutouts yeah. of things like swallows and stuff like that. And while I tried to appreciate it, it, it was basically shit. <laughs> and, you, you know, I was... Kind of, first, guys. Yeah, well, yeah. exactly. I, I was kind of wishing I was, a, you know 
the Tate Britain looking at you know some proper art like Turner. <laughs> so I, sp- I suppose in this analogy, um, Thomas was alone is Cezanne, and something like uh, Call of Duty is Turner. You know, proper art that looks like something. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, that's a bit of a washout then. I'm sorry that I picked a game. That, I think this is the first time on this podcast that you, it was kind of felt to be almost entirely without worth. I think that's a bit harsh. <laughs> <laughs> Although there's plenty more where that came from. I'm, you know, a, a very sulky, uh, hard to please <laughs> kind of person. Okay. But yeah, I, right. I don't think it's entirely without worth. Um, I, I did sort of enjoy it. I mean, if I didn't enjoy it, I wouldn't have played it all the way through. Although it, yes. it is quite a short game. Um, but yeah, I, the kind of jumping on top of other shapes to reach the exit mechanic. Mm. Um, it, it just didn't seem like enough of a mechanic. That's fair enough. I, I, maybe I'm just maybe I and you know, as you say, most of the rest of the gaming community are simpletons and like just you know coloured shapes moving around, and you just need something a bit a bit more than that. Well, I didn't think that at the start, but I, I've convinced myself that that's the case so yeah I now think everyone okay. else is wrong yeah and I, well, I'm the, you know I'm, I'm the the child in the emperor's new clothes pointing at the <laughs> flat shaded genitals of the emperor <laughs> well the thing is I've got some really good news for, for the listeners because after that glowing review uh, the good people at Curve Studios gave us three uh, downloadable copies oh, of Thomas Was Alone to give away on Xbox I'm so One. Sorry, Curve Studios. <laughs> so, uh, if you would uh, basically listen to me, I, I really enjoyed it. I think there's something to get out of this. Uh, it, yeah, or you know, maybe Chris is right, but but he's not. Um, <laughs> if you would like to be a, the recipient of uh, one of these three codes, as I say, that it's for the recent Xbox One release of Thomas Was Alone. Uh, give us a shout on Twitter at CatchUpPod and tell us why you deserve it, and uh, and I'll hand them out. Okay, let's move on. Um, uh, last time out, you picked for me uh, Oddworld: Stranger's Wrath. Um, did you want to talk a little bit first why you picked it? Yeah, sure. Um, I always thought that Oddworld: Stranger's Wrath was one of the sort of great, not quite lost games, but it's it's a game that never got anywhere near the level of attention that it really should have done. Um, and I don't want to talk too much about it because I, you know, I'm keen to find out what you thought of it. But for me, it was it, it was just a game that worked on every level. There was a it worked in kind of creating a, a coherent, interesting world, and you know, throwing you straight into it with you know incredibly distinctive design. Um, mm. And it worked from a kind of mechanical point of view, just because yeah. it kind of mixed up third person uh, fighting and shooting, first person shooting, stealth, um, you know, a really slick and uh, engaging back package that was in- incredibly ahead of its time. Yeah, I th- yeah, I think you've summed it up brilliantly. I basically off the straight off the bat, I thought it was fantastic. Um, it came out a decade, almost exactly a decade ago. I think it came out uh, in America in in January two thousand and five on the original Xbox. Uh, if, if anyone listening doesn't know, yeah, I know it's that's scary, isn't it? <laughs> so I've stopped not... the podcast for a bit while I let the vertigo <laughs> recede. Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I was uh I was a, a little aghast when I saw that. I feel incredibly old. But yeah, it's uh it's a west kind of western styled third person stroke first person shooter as you say, um kind of centered around this mysterious bounty hunter. 
yeah, and I'd say I'd say first off, it kind of captures that Western feel of of the old movies really nicely. The central character is is kind of mysterious and brooding, the kind of man with no name type. Um, and I'd just say the whole game kind of oozes atmosphere right from the off. Uh, it, you know, uh, the big thing, one of them. Well, there's lots of things that set it apart from other games of that type. And as you say, I think um, I do think you know this wasn't shouted out about enough at the, at the time it first came out. Um, one of the main things that sets it apart is the kind of weapon system. Um, you've, you've essentially got one one weapon throughout, which is kind of this wrist-mounted crossbow, but the variety comes from loading it up with all these different ammo types, which are kind of living creatures. So you've got skunks that you can fire towards enemies and, and incapacitate by, by kind of smelling too bad, and, uh, spiders that can tangle enemies up, um, wasps that are kind of low damage, high velocity ammo that could be fired rapidly, all different sorts of things like that. Um, basically, the, the fun from from the combat comes from changing those up, and and of course, you know, I had my favourites throughout, but some of the best moments of the game were probably when I would run out of my go to um, choices and be forced into trying out a new combination because you can dual basically dual wield these uh, these ammo types. And it just keeps the keeps the combat fresh throughout. Plus the fact that you can switch from third person to first person, as you say. You can choose to kind of go more stealthily or just run in there and uh, try and tear everything up straight away and just basically pick your battles and, and choose each time which way you want to approach them. Uh, I just thought it kept it fresh throughout, really. And, and every time I thought maybe I was getting starting to feel a little bit tired, they would change things up. Um, I just I just thought it was excellent. But yeah, I'd say kind of probably two-thirds or so of the game are made up of kind of bounty missions, and I suppose if you're being overly critical, you could say that they're they're relatively formulaic in that, yes, you pick up a mission, battle through some kind of lower-level enemies, show down against a boss, and then you bring them in dead or alive for, for a corresponding reward. Um, but then each battle does something a little bit different, and there's a couple of curveballs thrown in there along the way. And as I say, it just kept my interest the whole way through. Uh, which, which again is is no mean feat for a game that um, is now a decade old. Yeah, well, no, I, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head earlier when you said that one of the best things about it is the way that if you run out of your normal ammo, you have to take a totally different approach to a yeah. particular bit of the game, and that kind of that reminds me of Halo in that if you know your vehicle gets taken out or mm. you've got a particular weapon or you don't have a particular weapon a particular bit of the game will play out in a completely different way but in a kind of equally equally brilliant way um, yeah. and then that, I think for me that's kind of one of the reasons why Stranger Wrath is so impressive just because it, it should be terrible I mean it's a kind of it's the kind of thing I should hate it's kind of like um, kind of Jim Henson Creature Shop or at least a kind of you know everything a pound version of the Jim Henson Creature Shop <laughs> with you know doing it's doing a, a third person first person shooter stealth action hybrid uh, mm. where one guy does all the voices and that guy's also the CEO of the developer. Um, <laughs> I did not realise that. I think I, I think it's one that. guy doing all the voices. Uh, it's definitely a lot, of, almost... a lot of the kind of chatter from the NPCs is, is very similar, but but still mm. very good at times as well. Yeah, it, it, you know it should be a massive disaster. It should be a complete folly. And kind of the previous Odd World game kind of wasn't a disaster, but it it was very disappointing. So for this mm. to, you know, succeed on as many levels as it does is, and particularly in the way that you said that, you know, each bit of the game can be tackled in almost, you know, a, a massive variety of different ways is incredibly mm. impressive. 
Yeah, I was I was kind of um, floored by it to be honest with you because I, I started out and you know the first first maybe fifteen minutes I was you know although this is an HD remake version I, I played basically it looks nice but you can obviously tell it's an old game and the tutorial wasn't the most inspired tutorial ever and I was oh I'm not really feeling this and it took me a while to go back but you know as soon as I had that first kind of hour sitting down with it I was just hooked from the start. And uh, yeah, that variety of combat and the, the choice it offers you to, to mix things up is is fantastic, really. Oh, the first ten minutes of the game, you can really tell it was made in two thousand and five. Mm. It's got that kind of bog standard, really boring tutorial. Yeah, I think now yeah. with games, they've managed to sort of at least make it a bit less invisibly. This is a tutorial. We're going to teach you how to use a joypad. Yeah. Uh, this yeah. is this is a console. This is a screen. You are a human <laughs> being. That kind of thing. But as it went on, it gets a lot more confident. Yes, yeah, absolutely, yeah, and it, and it's all the better for it. It's uh, yeah, I, I was just gonna say, yeah, the as I say, the first two thirds are kind of these bounty missions, and then it kind of breaks out into its own thing for the final third, really, and is a bit more kind of balls to the wall, uh, kind of more action based. Um, but yeah, yeah I mean, throughout, what do you think of the twist? Uh, I quite liked it. I I kind of saw it coming to to just before it happened um but i yeah i liked it how about you it doesn't count if you see it just before it happened surely well no, no I, don't, I don't mean literally like nanosecond before it happened <laughs> maybe, you know, in the run-up to uh to the reveal mm. yeah. oh okay just in case anyone's listening you know who hasn't played it um you know turn off now set fire to your computer but the um the, the twist of the game which is actually now I'm saying it out loud, it's probably going to mean absolutely nothing. <laughs> but um, throughout the game, you're collecting money in order to pay for an unspecified operation. Um, yeah. And, yeah, this is going to mean nothing, isn't it? It's the fine. operation is, in fact, you are to surgically transform you from one creature, one fictional Jim Henson creature shop thing, <laughs> into a different fictional Jim Henson mm. creature shop thing. But... I guess the twist is that one is an endangered species that everyone is trying to hunt down. Yeah. God, it sounds awful. Why did, <laughs> why did I enjoy this game? <laughs> no, but it's it's good because it does it does keep that sense of intrigue really nicely throughout. You know, it 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 gives away just enough uh, to keep you interested. Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was handled really well. Yeah, and then the, the the last third of the game or so is it kind of ramps up the. Uh, scale of everything mm. so I mean it, I, I thought that was really impressive even by sort of modern standards let alone by kind of 2005 standards yeah absolutely yeah because yeah. I think at that time kind of Halo 2 was the the kind of console standard mm. by which kind of spectacle was, was measured and this completely you know you know you know leaves that for dead it looks incredible yeah yeah absolutely um, the one problem i had with it i don't know whether i don't know how long ago would it be that you played it i i played for a couple of times when it first came out and i was i mm. i'm about halfway through on the the vita version okay but the, the controls are a bit um difficult on that yeah i agree i i did the same thing as thomas was alone i started off uh playing it on vita and it got to uh the attack on the town basically when you're doing the bounties and they come and basically um 
uh, one of the bosses basically comes to you rather than you having to go and track him down, and they kind oh, of assault yeah. the, the city. And yeah, I I attempted that about ten times on Vita and nearly threw it through the window. So again, <laughs> switched switched to PC. Um, I think more uh, or less any Vita game that makes extensive use of the the the, the, the touch screen on the back and the the, the screen yeah. itself in in lieu of actual buttons is just never going to work. Well, the thing is, I thought it had handled that stuff quite elegantly up until that point. I, I don't remember there being anything on the on the. Is what, what was on the touch the touchpad on the back? I think that's melee attacks. Oh, okay. yeah, okay, maybe so. Yeah, I seem to. God, it was so long since last last episode that I seem to remember <laughs> feeling like it, being surprised at how well it was handling. You know, what is essentially a complicated third person stroke first person shooter. Um, mm. But yeah, it got to that point where it was pretty full on, and yeah, I had to I had to give in. But um, but yeah, I, th- I think I think certainly for that final third we're talking about, maybe that would be amplified even more potentially. But yeah, I was going to say the, ba- the 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 game would get almost completely unfettered praise from me, I think. But the the one real low point, and I don't know whether this was the case for you on any of your playthroughs, but the the penultimate boss encounter. Um, Remind was, me what that was again. Um, there's this kind of odd god it looks almost like a squid type thing huge egg dome thing with mass with loads of legs coming out and it squirts this goo at you that can kind of keep you in place and then it comes up to him to you and malays you and uh, you basically can't get away from it and you encounter that earlier on and then for the penultimate boss battle there's two of them in like a library oh uh, yeah yeah, between books um but yeah i found that incredibly cheap um yeah, some of the attacks were just... Uh, it felt like it, it was uh, unsurmountable at, at, at times and probably took me a good 15 to 20 goes, but again, maybe I'm just not very good at games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is it. I'm, I'm trying to remember back. I do remember that boss. I don't remember it finding it hard, but that just, you know, could be my memories of it being lost in the mists of time. I mean, recently I was playing through Halo 2, again, after, you know, re-released an Xbox One, and... Mm. It's like having a fag after you know not having smoked for ten years and having all this kind of memories of pre you know having smoked you know the fags of yesteryear yeah. sort of flooding back to you because I with, digressing a little bit but with Halo Two I kind of remembered it as being kind of uniformly pretty good yeah whereas the actual memories I had of playing it originally came flooding back I sort of remember in intense detail that bits of it are fantastic and bits of it are just absolutely terrible yeah and i i I suspect something similar might happen with uh oddworld i should really have played it and put this series to the test rather than just madly speculating about (laughs) what it might be like if i played it i don't know i mean it it, that i think the reason that bit annoyed me so much was because the rest of it just seems spot on uh, to me completely as i say the kind of vita control issues aside um playing through on the pc the the kind of difficulty seemed really nicely balanced there were a few boss battles that took me you know a few goes which is what you want you know you don't want to just breeze through everything you want you want to be kind of uh, challenged and and work out the tactics needed um but yeah it was just that one battle but again maybe i'm just uh maybe i'm just not very good well i mean i, I, I don't know about that i mean you, you might not be very good i, I literally <laughs> don't know but um i think one of the things that i like mechanically about odd world was the way that there was this um, mechanic, using that word again, uh, where you could take bosses either dead or alive, 
Yes. There's a nice kind of yeah. risk reward strategy where if you killed them, you got less money. But it was easier because you had a wide variety of weapons. Whereas yeah. if you wanted to take them alive, you were more limited in what you could do. And it was a lot mm. harder. But you got more reward. And that went really yes. well as a kind of what's like a kind of dynamic difficulty level. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I found um I was trying to take them all alive for the first probably the first half of the game. Um and by that point I'd probably stocked up enough cash to not need to do that for the rest of it. Um but uh so, so I ended up, you know, just, just blasting through them. But um but no, I thought again, a really neat touch to that kind of risk reward system. It's uh yeah, it's just just an excellent game. And as you say, um sorely kind of underpraised I think at the time. Welcome back! You'll be happy to see that I've worked up an ingenious approach to your, um, little problem. Okay, uh, we recorded this a couple of nights ago and uh, the audio got completely messed up at the end, so we're back again to redo the last few minutes. Um, apologies if we sound completely different to before, but we'll um, we'll try and edit in as smoothly as possible. Um Chris, I think I was just mentioning uh, uh, that, yeah, just reiterating the point that the the Stranger's Wrath was was um, kind of sorely underappreciated at the time. Yeah, so my voice has completely changed in the intro. So, um, <laughs> for the purposes of the tape, this is yeah. Chris speaking. Um, yeah, and the thing about Stranger's Wrath is that, to a certain extent, I imagine expectations were pretty much at rock bottom when it came out because it was coming on the heels of. Um, Oddworld Munch's Odyssey, mm. which is kind of the the classic example of a a two a, a developer used to two D games uh, having to make that difficult transition to three D games yeah. that um, failed quite a lot of de- developers in the sort of late nineties, early noughties, mm. um, among them Sensible Software, who I think we mentioned before. Mm. Um, and yeah, I mean Munch's Odyssey was a kind of classic, uh, not very good three D platform game. Um, I don't think that's a particularly controversial mm. statement. I mean, it, no. it, it sort of came out... It was one of the original Xbox launch games. It came out in 2001, and it's kind of the... One of the 3D platformers that, despite coming out a good, you know, a good six, seven years after Mario 64, um, completely failed to learn any of the lessons of that game. Yeah. And was just generally extremely underwhelming, especially as it was coming from the developers who did Oddworld Abe's Odyssey and Oddworld uh, Mun- uh, Abe's Exodus. Yes. Um, yeah, it didn't have anything like the richness or the detail of those games. You mentioned the, the uh, 2D games there. I've, I've never played any of them. I mean, are they were they as lovingly put together as, as Stranger's Wrath was? Absolutely. I mean, one, one of the best things about the, the original 2D games was that they were kind of the the pinnacle of 2D platform games to a certain extent. I mean, not quite in terms of... It's not as good as Mario, Super Mario World or, you know, um, uh, Mr. Nuts or, you know, <laughs> other classic platform games like yeah. that. But it did kind of come at the time when, uh, CD, you know, full motion video was coming in. And so I believe the developers had a kind of special effects background in Hollywood. Okay. And so you had these beautifully done 3D rendered films that... Um, segued perfectly into um, the actual 2D gameplay. There was a kind of match cut between the the end of the video and okay, the start really. of the level, yeah. which was just gobsmacking to look at in 1997. I can imagine, um, yeah, yeah. And it, it didn't add anything particularly to the gameplay, but it was such a 
such a slick, fluid way of doing it that it, it, it you know it looked so far ahead of anything at the time. Yeah. And to go from that to Munch's Odyssey, which with the best film in the world was a pretty crude 3D platform game, mm. was a real shame. Yeah, I was going to say I've, I've, um, I've picked up the the remake of Abe's Odyssey on on PS4. I've not got around to playing it yet, but I'm, especially after having played Strangers of Wrath and enjoyed it so much, I'm, I'm really looking forward to playing it. it. It's a really good game. They they've really recaptured the the feel of the original games. Uh, like a lot of remakes, it, it it plays like you remember it playing. It looks like you remember it playing, hmm. but it actually has all the rough edges smoothed off. So there's none of the kind of nightmarish late nineties instant death. Um, the controls are a lot smoother. Yeah, it, it, it's it's a fantastic remake, beautifully done. Oh, I shall get onto that soon, sooner rather than later. Then, and I just want to put uh, before we finish on on Stranger Wrath. I, just want, I seem to remember you saying last time out that there was some kind of issues with the promotion of the game that the Oddworld inhabitants weren't happy with EA. Is that is that right? Am I remembering correctly? Yeah, that's what it was blamed on. At least that's what the developers blamed it on. Mm. Um, supposedly because it was an Xbox only game and the PS2 version wasn't. Um, they just couldn't technically get it off the ground. Mm. I mean, it's a pretty demanding game. You can see how it would stretch the the PlayStation Two, you know, way too far. Yeah. Um, and on that basis, EA just apparently decided not to promote it, which I'm not sure I completely believe. I would have thought there'd be other reasons beyond that because yeah. it's a. It, you must have spent a lot of money on it. Um, you've got the kind of sole distribution rights. It, it seems insane to um, just kill it mm. on the basis that it's only on one format. Um, but you know. Who knows? Maybe we can get the CEO of EA on the podcast at some point. Yeah, I'll, I'll sort that out for next time round. Yeah, okay, yeah, cool. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, you know, I'll um, throw a brick through the window or something with a, an invite on it. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Um, as with uh, Thomas was alone earlier on, we're lucky enough, thanks to uh, Oddworld Inhabitants, to, the, to have three codes to give away for the new uh, iOS version. Um, not entirely sure how that will control on the touchscreen, but uh, you, listener, have a chance to find out. Uh, if you want, uh, if you want to grab one of those codes, just give us a shout on uh, at CatchUpPod on Twitter and let us know why you want it, and uh, and we'll dish them out. Um, so that's yeah. that's it for this week's games. Um, bit of a mixed bag, I suppose. Chris, you didn't really get on with Thomas was alone. I maintain it, it, it's uh, it's a good platformer. So so maybe check it out if you if you like the more simple platform games. Um, but we both agreed at least on uh, on Strangers Wrath being a fantastic game and and kind of really standing up to. Uh, Really standing the test of time, despite being a decade old. I, I hated Thomas was alone, and I'm incredibly sorry. <laughs> you don't need to be sorry. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, let's move on. Uh, next week's games, then. So, what have you? What have you picked for me? I say next well, week. Sorry, I say next week. It's probably going to be in about three months' time. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, for next time, what have you picked for me? Well, because um, Stranger's Wrath is such a kind of heavy action game. Yeah. Um, and it's so brutally hard in places. I thought it might be nice to sort of have a change of pace. Okay. And so I selected um, classic Amiga stroke PC uh, graphic adventure game, uh, Beneath a Steel Sky. Oh, fantastic! Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's a it's a classic example of a now largely dead genre. Um, the kind of revive the the era of it before things like Telltale came along and put in you know beautiful voice acting and compelling mm. stories and. Just had lots of methodically sweeping the screen with the cursor, seeing which bits of the background are functional and which bits um, are just beautiful bits yeah. of artwork. So you can relive those days. Fantastic. I'm going to have to pick you up on that. It's not a dead genre at all. I will never allow that to happen. I'm, it's probably my favourite <laughs> type of game. And uh, yeah, I mean, Grim Fandango came out re released last week. 
Yeah, yeah a remake of a game from 1998. <laughs> it, 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 it's, a dead, it's a dead genre if you don't count Germany. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Germany's keeping the dream alive for me. That's, it's fine. Um, a, bit like, a bit like techno. <laughs> yeah, Beneath the Steel Sky. Yeah, I remember, I don't think I got past the, the second or third screen when I tried it when it originally came out. And um, yeah, I picked it up on, I think, good old games a while ago for, for dirt cheap. So yeah, I'll look forward to delving back into that for sure. Um, okay. For you, um, it's a game I was really surprised to see on your list. I'm, I'm, I can't believe you haven't played it yet. It's uh, Spelunky. Have you, have you just mm-hmm. not tried it at all, or, or have you just given it a quick go? And but you need to get back to it. Uh, it was a game I was looking forward to for ages, um, but convinced myself it would come on PlayStation Plus, oh, so yeah, okay. I didn't buy it. Um, and then when it came on PlayStation Plus, like all PlayStation Plus games, I just you know quote unquote bought it and then just haven't played it because yeah. I'm drowning under an avalanche of games <laughs> and I think Destiny was taking up not just most of my gaming time but you know most of my life yeah and I've I've managed to kick that um through a by going to a Swiss a Swiss clinic <laughs> where they make you play a Halo Spartan Ops as a kind of <laughs> methadone version of Destiny um and I've got loads of free time so I can play Spelunky so okay. hopefully it's good it is it's very good it's very good. I think you'll enjoy it, but um, yeah, let's let's wait and see. Um, okay, well, uh, I guess that that kind of wraps it up for another episode. Uh, thanks for listening, and uh, and thanks to Chris indeed for for joining me again. Uh, if you want to get in touch, particularly if you want to claim one of those codes for Thomas was alone or or Strangers Wrath, um, just give us a shout on Twitter at Catch Up Pod. Uh, it's always good to hear from you. But for now, uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.